Hey there, I'm Kay Bess, and I play Persephone Brimstone in Agents of Mayhem. You're listening to the Horribly Awkward Podcast. You are. That was, that was kind of awkward. Hey guys, this is Kritzia Bajos, and I'm here with Sean on the Horribly Awkward Podcast. He's not that awkward. This is Michael Ray Bauer. I'm a 90s star, but basically I'm a star. And you're listening to the Horribly Awkward Podcast. And it's actually pretty horribly awkward. Hey, this is Hannah Tell, the voice of Max in Life is Strange. And you're listening to the Horribly Awkward Podcast. It's so awkward. Welcome to the podcast, guys. My name is Sean. This is Pamela. Pamela, kick it! Hey! What's hi. up? <laughs> Not much. How are you? Cool. This is a cool podcast. I thought we learned how to talk right now. So I'm oh, here. fantastic. I'm for it. <laughs> cool. Uh, we just did a podcast, actually, guys, and we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about salty pretzels and why they're better than dick pics. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they are. <laughs> we talk about scorpions, and that's a that's actually a show, and not just an insect that stings you. But they hurt. They both hurt. The loss of them. <laughs> we talked about the order of law, and the special uh, victims unit. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of order there. A lot of law. You gotta obey it, or you will go to jail, like Sean did once. We <laughs> <laughs> will learn a lot. That totally happened. We we got shameless. Mm-hmm. Fancy uh, hands. Uh, we talked about Pamela Mitchell and how she's pretty much Kristen Wig, uh, R- not Wig, but Ritter. I'll take both. Can I be a hybrid of both? I'll be both. And <laughs> fellas, for the last time, do not sick send pictures of your uncooked sausage, please. Or cooked. We don't want to see it cooked either. No sausage. No, no <laughs> sausage. Just please stop. Uh, welcome to the podcast, guys. We kind of did talk about all that stuff and um, acting in general. I got a lot of info out of Pamela. It was actually pretty awesome. And we got to talk about uh, what it's like to live on the East Coast and the West Coast and um, stuff. Yeah, stuff. Stuff. Improv? We should have went more into improv. We did it. Maybe next time. Next time. We'll do it next time. We'll go heavy into puppets and improv next time. Yeah, improv episode. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the podcast, guys. Episode 154. And we're out. No, we're in. We're in. We're in. We needed to make sure you're still there. (laughs) Hey, Norma, give us the horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Sean, dude, you're horribly awkward. Sean, I know you think this is weird, but it's not as weird as you think it is, dude. Don't do that. It's awkward. (laughs) (laughs) We'll recap. Are you on a time limit at all? Nope, I'm good. I will warn you, my dogs will fight to the death for the mailman, so if he happens (laughs) to come. Uh, in their defense, he hasn't killed me yet. So okay, awesome, <laughs> awesome. Because we, we need about six hours, so we're good. Sure. We got six <laughs> hours. Okay, so um, welcome to episode one hundred and fifty-four of Horribly Awkward. I am Sean. Thank you for listening. Thank you as always. Thank you for meeting me for the hundred and fifty-fourth time. I appreciate that. But more importantly, on today's episode, I have a very special guest that I met through Instagram. A while ago, because I seen a really interesting and funny picture that we'll talk about soon, and it just caught my eye. So I was like, I gotta follow this girl. She she looks awesome. She's an actress. She's been in a lot of cool stuff, and I'm hoping a lot of awesome stuff to come. 
I watched an episode of Law and Order with her in it recently, which was was she displayed some awesome skills. I gotta say, she's been on Criminal Minds, Shameless, Scorpion, Jane the Virgin, and I found out she does improv, or at least has done improv. Improv. Ah, that's my sweet spot. Thank you so much. Everybody, welcome Pamela Mitchell! <laughs> Yay! Hello, thank you so much for having me. I am honored to be guest 154. One I'm going to tattoo four. it on my arm now. <laughs> yes, yes. No one's ever said that. That's awesome. <laughs> so improv, huh? I, lo- I love improv. I used to, um, I used to listen to... Um, uh, improv for humans. Have you heard of that podcast? Oh yeah, yeah, I have, I have indeed. Have you met any of those people? I know they, I know a lot of them do. You, you at UCB. Yeah, there's. Uh, I'm sure that I have. I'm actually really terrible with names, despite oh. improving. Um, but it's the funniest community. I actually started doing it in New York, so I did UCB 101 there. Um, and I, when I moved here, started finishing it. But I've like weirdly done improv kind of forever. My first real acting gig was actually this TV Land show called Make My Day, mm-hmm. uh, and it was basically a prank based show for nice people. Um, so we like, I was little John's fake assistant for a day and this really nice man from New Jersey. We like pranked him all day. Wait, uh, actual little John, actual, little like, John. Yeah, yeah. yes. Which fun fact that man has the greatest, deepest voice ever. Oh I just want to hear him talk all the time. And then you listen to him in a song and you're like, Oh, sure. Yeah. There's two sides to every coin, right? <laughs> Totally. <laughs> John, yeah. Little John, like he may not be a guy I go to listen to a lot of his music, but he's in so many songs and yeah. he's, he's so hype. Like I can imagine his energy at all times. He just seems like a, like a fun dude. He was totally fun and like legit just I'm pretty sure kept stealing away to like go smoke weed throughout the day. <laughs> <laughs> so we were all just kind of like, okay, little John's just going to run away for a little bit. He'll be back. <laughs> How long ago was this? Oh God, this was like 10 years ago. Oh, I did So now he wouldn't even sneak away. He'd just do it right there, right? Yeah, he could just like openly do it. Yeah, this was like in New York City too. So everybody's kind of like, oh, at the time. But yeah, now now I can just openly blaze. The world is better. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So you, I thought you were actually, you lived in on the East Coast, but you, you're in um, Los Angeles? I'm in Los Angeles now. Yes, I lived in New York for about 10 years. Uh, and then I moved out to LA about five years ago, but I have been in New York for the past couple of months working. Um, so awesome. you are technically sort of correct. Wow. I mean, <laughs> the, the atmosphere. So I've only been in New York once. I flew over to um, okay. Connecticut uh, roughly 10 years ago. We spent like four days there. We went up to New Jersey, to New York, and it's just a different environment. It, the atmosphere is so different. It's so hectic. I mean, it's similar to LA. It's just busy, busy, but it's different. I, it's, it's such a cool feeling to go over there and, and experience that. Even though it's short, it was awesome. I hope you get to go back. I'll be a fake ambassador for New York City right now and say <laughs> it's a really wonderful place. Uh, I read I read a thing somewhere once that every single country uh, and kind of like area in the world is represented somehow in New York City, and it is one of those like magical things where you just get on the train and. Everyone looks different. Everyone sounds different. Everyone's all angry at each other. So there's one commonality that's off. Like, <laughs> yeah. awesome. You got it, motherfucker. Get off the road. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Somebody's like knocking you in the face because it's showtime and they're swinging on the poles asking for a dollar. And you're like, I'm tired and I'm hungover. Please just don't kick me. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's an awesome place. It, and yes, it is a very different dynamic, which has been the strangest thing about the California move. It's just like 
getting used to a totally different system mm-hmm. and just the way people operate. But it's been it's been nice. California has been much better than I thought it was going to be. I'll say that. Well, I've lived here my whole life in California. I was born and raised in the Bay Area. Now I'm in Fresno, which is in between you and the Bay Area. Yeah. And it's it's weird. I talk to other people, and when you like mention the rent, like for me, I, I got a one bedroom apartment. It's kind of small, but but if when I say this, you'd be like, "You're crazy. That's not a lot of money." So I'm like, "Oh, my rent went up to, um, to eight hundred bucks, right?" Oh my god! <laughs> and, and in LA, you're like, "Oh, that's insane." In, in the Bay Area, you're like, "That's fucking crazy." But then other people, like I have friends in, in Wyoming, and they're like, I, "Dude, that's how much my house costs." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, my god." <laughs> Yeah, it's it's insane. I think about my first apartment in New York City. This was uh, God, 15 years ago now at this point. Uh, I paid $600 for my share of a three bedroom fourth floor walk up that had bed bugs and was huge but horrible because of that. And I think now like that was so cheap, like how my mind has been warped by living. Yeah. It- extremely expensive areas where I'm like $600. That's nothing. But yeah, and like my family's from Southeast Missouri. And rent or a mortgage there is like half of that for so many people that yeah that's great i had bed bugs one time oh i got a nightmare that is a fucking nightmare oh it was the worst once i found out i started tweaking and pulling up the carpet and you know my apartment new complex it took them a while to come and fix it i had to bag everything up and oh my god nightmare oh i still see black pepper flakes on (laughs) black pepper flake on like clothing or something i still have like an automatic like no not today, Satan. No. And I get this like whole crazy situation where I just kind of go back to that thought of like waking up in the middle of the night and seeing that there might be a spot on you or you're just having a sleep nightmare and you've decided it's a bed bug, but really they're both terrible. So. Yes. I had nightmares for of that for a while. And every once in a while now, every couple of months, I'll just have that feeling like I'm going to check under my mattress. I'll flip it up, look under there yep. because you'll know you'll see the spots, you'll see the blood. And they're like little cockroaches that are vampires it's it's, yeah. it's disturbing it's so bad they live for 18 months without feeding how they're like the keanu reeves of bugs it's not i don't even understand <laughs> that's they're so gross they're so gross i never want to relive that if it's it's so bad because anybody can have it you could be the cleanest person in the world and, and get them so yes so it's the one great equalizer i guess <laughs> yes it is huh right yeah so uh don't want to relive that <laughs> same same <laughs> yeah so i mean yeah living living in the in new york la the bay area it's crazy how how high the rent is but you look around the, the stuff around you like you can make money and make living you just yeah. got to be the ones to make that living or else you're like poor poor and it, it's sad because in the bay area if you don't if you have a minimum wage job you, you're you're screwed i don't even understand how people are able to do it honestly i've only been i was in san francisco once for a commercial shoot and i was there for like five days And I had enough free time to just kind of walk around a bunch of neighborhoods, which was awesome and gorgeous. But to just if you work at like McDonald's, how the hell can you afford to work or to actually live in San Francisco? Yeah, you got to work multiple jobs, work at home or live with your parents or something. like that. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous. But you got to have the McDonald's workers. Otherwise, what's the point? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I, I honestly, I do not want machines taking my orders. I want to make, I want to talk to someone face to face and make my orders. I, I don't like all this companies trying to downsize off humans working to yeah. build machines to do it. I just don't like it. It doesn't feel good. It feels, it feels strange. There's something yeah. taken out of the experience of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Like so, then we're gonna have burgers. So you just walking up, it'd be all machines. You order your machine, order to a machine. A machine cooks your food. A machine wraps it. Like I don't want that. Just it out. <laughs> I yeah, just don't okay. want that. I don't want that. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. I want to see an angry, you know, high school or college student, you know, extra working mom or whatever. I want to see somebody like have the moment of like, here, I question your choices. You don't like pickles, huh? Fine, not my choice, but fine. Here's yeah. your meal. Have a good day. I yeah. want that. <laughs> the young kids who don't care yet. I, I mean, I worked at Baskin Robbins. My first job, and I was 15 to 18, I worked at Baskin Robbins. And that was an experience, you know? It was just... Sure. It's something you have to you have to learn those experiences, right? You have to... I think everyone should have to work either in a food service or in a retail job, and like a low-end retail job, just because that's how you actually get to figure out that people are horrible <laughs> and, <laughs> and how to just respond to it. But I think... Everyone should have to do that at least once in their lives. Oh, I'm getting it right now. I'm doing floors. So I'm doing flooring. So, I mean, I'm sure you've seen posts. And, I did, uh, actually. That parquet floor looked pretty lovely. Oh, parquet. <laughs> yeah. See, it's, it wasn't actually parquet. It's uh, it's glue, glue down vinyl. Oh, really? We thought it was going to be parquet, but it was. It oh. still is. It's, they're, they're such small little pieces. It's taking a long time, but it looks really nice. It looks really nice. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we do get because I'm working through an insurance company. So mostly it's people whose houses got flooded. It took them three months to get us to the point where we can come in and do the floors, like all the rest of the stuff. So they're not they're never happy. I mean, I'm not going to say never, but they're usually not happy by that point. Yeah. So we don't we don't get all the, we don't get a lot of the praise right now. We're working in this guy's house, and he's like, "Guys, this looks really awesome. Good job. I love it, and it just it feels so good." Oh, that's awesome. You need yeah. that. You need that every once in a while. Yeah, you, yeah. You want to know that you're making a difference, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's just like somebody's like using every day. Actually, <laughs> yeah, I know your floors. Your floors are there forever. <laughs> it's awesome. It's fun. I like that kind of work. But you know, doing stuff like that, you know with my hands and just making it. I, I love it. Creating stuff. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. Not good on the back, but it's fun. No, it is not good on the back. I, I have started watch. I like really terrible reality television. Like if I'm going to watch some trash TV, I want to watch like hoarders or like the last Alaskans. Like if there's a zombie apocalypse or like the world goes to shit or mm-hmm. I end up in jail, I'm going to be okay. And I feel pretty good about that. But I was watching The Last Alaskans last night, and this guy was, like, doing ice fishing for, like, beavers for something. And he was talking about his back problems. And he, this man's, like, 65 or 70 and a very well-worn. And I was thinking, he got pretty far in life to be able to, like, still do this at 65-ish. Like, it's a back problem, but it's a good run. It's a pretty damn good run. Maybe we all get to that. Yeah, that's – wow. Yeah, it's different. Alaska, that's different. You, I mean, you got to go out and – bust your ass to live you know you got to go out there when you don't want to and go ice fishing (laughs) yeah totally also like who chooses that these people choose that they're they're people that would not enjoy the new york city or bay area experience i will say that (laughs) yeah my boss wants to move to alaska so really yeah he's saying he he would have left and moved to alaska a long time ago if he could have so like the, the the part where there's no daytime Alaska. I, I don't think that part. There's a store. <laughs> he wants he wants to hunt shit. So definitely oh. where he can hunt something or fish or he he's a hunter fisher that kind of guy. You know. That's fair. That makes sense. Alaska's yeah. like a magical place for that. <laughs> yeah, it seems awesome. But I, I need Best Buy. I need there to be a Best Buy and a Walmart right down the street right here. And my grocery store is one block over. It's just it's so easy to get to. I don't want to go out and have to. Find an animal, kill it, gut it. Like, that ain't quick dinner. <laughs> that is not a quick dinner. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, that's no fun. 
But what are you going to do when, since you're an actor, what are you going to do when all the actors are AI robots? Oh, and man. They, have, they can just cue them, cry now. And they're just like, you know. They're all Meryl Streep immediately, and they didn't yeah. have any, like, actual life trauma to have to do it. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to, like, have a dog commune or something or find something else to do. <laughs> well, they definitely need people to teach those robot stuff. I actually have done a strange amount of VR work already like it's a relatively new kind of vr movie. work yeah i've done some stuff uh in vr filmmaking which is a really cool new thing that's it's getting more normal uh i was in this uh short film called the dinner party and it was a uh, sundance uh lab short basically uh and it's it's a super cool film that's about a kind of real life event there's this couple in the 60s that believe that they were part of an alien abduction uh, and so it's their retelling of the experience, but at a dinner party with VR. And it was so cool to see that technology moving forward and seeing the actual, like the DPs and the, all of the camera crew and all of the lighting and having to set up one shot that's actually being filmed by like 14 cameras that are in this little circular contraption. It was, it's really awesome what they're starting to do with technology. And I'm super excited about where film's going to go with it. I know, I know some people are afraid of it. But no, no, yeah, I love it. VR is cool. I'm, I'm into it right now. I have a PlayStation VR, so I've, I have a little experience with it. But so, in a movie, is it someone's acting and they got a camera on their head? How is that working? This one, so that one specifically, it's one camera technically, and it has like 14 other little cameras in a circle. Okay. And you stage it for the actors very much like a play. Like you always need to know where your mark is, which is where you're standing so that you've got, you know, the best camera situation and other actors can go back and forth. But this is extremely specific. So you don't get knocked in the head by a camera that's whizzing by on a crane. So it's a cool thing just for how they're doing it. We, that one, I think there was only one main set of the VR cameras so it's one camera, but with the little 14 guys. And then I think that they did have some additional B cameras around just in case we needed some extra footage or, or inserts or whatnot. But then when you go back and you watch it and you can turn your head and actually be seated at this table and see everyone talking to each other, it's it's really cool. And That's I'm, the future. Yeah, I'm interested to see people that have a very lesser budget be able to actually take that and what they're going to be able to do creatively with it. It's going to be an awesome, an awesome medium. Yeah, the cool thing with technology is it gets cheap so fast. So you know, people yeah. are, people can incorporate that into their filming like fast if they want. You know, like technology drops so quick. Yeah, and I feel like it actually benefits young filmmakers so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna say this sounding like kind of an old person, but. You know, like when I was a kid, like Oregon Trail was really cool. So I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't grow up just having all of this really amazing technology. And I feel like if you're a filmmaker now and you're between like 15 and 20, you've just grown up with this organic technology around you. You know how to use it. It's been in every part of your day to day. Yeah, and so yeah. And it gets to do really cool shit with this that the older guys are all, and girls are all kind of like, well, I've got to upload this. It's like me right now trying to like put my, you know, my uh, headphones in to talk to you. <laughs> I mean, it, that's, yeah, because I'm, I'm 38. So going from Oregon Trail and like classes that would teach you how to type and yeah. computer classes that would teach you how to type and these old computers and they would never update them because it cost so much money back then. Yeah. And then you go to like Nintendo, and then then the, you watch you watch video games like expand pretty fast over a couple of years. They're like doubling the graphics, and then 
computers finally come in and the internet, like who the fuck has money for that? Like, yeah, we finally got one. And then I'm like, you know, first thing you learn is, oh, AOL chat rooms. And then oh, that's man. chaos. And then, <laughs> and then I remember when, when, uh, when my cousin got like one of the first smartphones and I was like, holy shit. I was like looking at it. You could touch the glass and everything. It was so awesome. And then you get that. And then like how fast like technologies moves and iPhones move and, and, and now it's like cheaper to get like now the phone you have is like way better than like a hundred computers back when we were kids, right? Hundred percent. It's it's crazy. It's it's insane. It's awesome. But kids who grow up now, like like my nephews and stuff, my niece and and my cousins' kids, and you watch them and they just they just know how to work touch yeah. devices like so easy. Yeah, it's just there's this old video. And it's this baby in the backseat of a car and somebody's like on their cell phone filming. And it's this baby with a magazine and the baby is trying to basically like shrink the page with, <laughs> and he's crumbling the paper and he's looking up and the baby's face is like, what the fuck mom? <laughs> right. Like you can tell that the baby's really confused and you know, the mom like switches back or whatever. And, and you know, the kid is used to having a little tablet of some kind and he can make the picture bigger or smaller with his hand. And that's how the baby's going to learn to exist, you know? My, I have nieces and nephews, too, and they just they just know what to do. Like, they're literally teaching me. Like, my nephew might as well have been the one actually teaching me to, like, upload to Instagram. He's, like, 10, and he's like, no, you want to do this. Do you want this setting? Um, if you're doing a boomerang, do you want it to have longer uh, frames on it? You can make it longer. It doesn't have to be. This is just the the standard. Set. Okay, whatever. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we need you need that, right? Did you, I mean, I I never learned how to use Snapchat. I got it real quick, and I I it was like, what's going on here? I, I don't understand. I, I I just deleted it. I had no idea what was going on. I had it for one day and I depleted my phone battery within, I'm not even kidding, like 35 minutes, just putting like stupid ass cat things on my face. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I don't actually need this. I'm trying to like streamline stuff that I get distracted by anyway. So I'm yeah. not add Snapchat to the list. Oh but yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, fun. I was like one more. I don't want, I don't need another thing. I feel obligated to check every day multiple yeah. times. Yeah. I also just immediately think of like Snapchat being sent for like dick pics. So I'm just staying away from it. <laughs> well, my girlfriend has got numerous dick pics, right? And I, I've, I've heard of so many people on the podcast. I always ask that, like, like they'll, they'll bring it up and I'm like, well, how many dick pics you get? Like, trust me, people just, who just takes a picture of their dick and sends it? It's not, it's weird. It is weird. I, I've asked my husband before. I'm like, is there ever a point of your life where you were just like, you know what? I feel like my dick looks good today. I'm going to send this dick to this random stranger I've never met. And he says, of course, like a hopeful, normal amount of the good men. No, I haven't. You send that if someone asked for it. And truthfully, and this maybe is personal, but like, I don't, I don't need the dick pic. It's fine. We never really want the dick pic. Most of the time, women, even when we pretend we like the dick pic, we're being like, Sure, it's great. Yeah, like it's not an attractive photo ever. I don't care. I don't care if it's Thor's dick. It's still never like this is great. At least for me personally. <laughs> yeah, I, th I feel like it's strange. I don't know. It's it's really strange. Unless it's like okay, if it's your wife, your girlfriend, somebody you trust with these pictures, you can go back yeah. and forth. Whatever. Yeah. Absolutely, whatever. Hundred percent. But when it's just like a stranger, it's just weird. It's probably not even theirs. You know, it's like let's go. Let's type huge fellas. <laughs> screenshot that <laughs> send it over hope that in return yeah it's an odd thing and i always find the ones the most odd when it's like two in the afternoon on a tuesday those are the ones that are the weirdest to me 
Because it's like, what at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday made you send a stranger this oh, very yeah. private That's, that's a 2 o'clock feeling. You know, a five-hour energy at 2 o'clock, <laughs> you know, you get amped up. <laughs> you know what? Next time I'm just going to send how was your five-hour energy in return and see what they say. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's funny. That's funny. Funny. I, I was, I'm glad we got on this subject because it's hilarious. <laughs> So let's get to your let's get back to your your Instagram a little bit because I followed sure. you. I remember you had a picture like with little hands or something. Oh yeah, my tiny. Oh, you know what? Hang on, I've got one. Oh, you uh, got one. Oh, she's getting tiny hands. Da, da, da. I don't know if people <laughs> will see this, but yes, I have these tiny hands. Uh, I just think they're really funny. I make puppets. I'm a puppeteer. Oh no, um, shit! Really? Yeah. So that's kind of why I end up having like really weird things in my house a lot. Um, if somebody ever like broke into my house, they'd have a lot of boxes. They're just like, what the, why are there a bunch of boxes of eyeballs? That's very strange. But that's awesome. Have you seen that new Jim Carrey show on Showtime? Kidding. Yes. That show is so good. Have you seen the whole season? I haven't seen the whole season. I'm actually a bad puppeteer and I haven't seen the entire season. Oh, watch. Yeah, that was, uh, it was so out of the blue and, and I watched, that was so good. It was so good. Just the puppeteering stuff in it was really awesome. I really like it. They got I enjoyed really, it. really amazing puppeteers that work on the show. I actually yeah. auditioned before the series had started and they didn't cast me. Come on, kidding. Oh, um, and you have, you have experience. Man. <laughs> well, they got a bunch of really amazing puppeteers. There's actually a couple of puppeteers on kidding that uh, also did the happy time murders. So they're in, you know, with the Henson crew and, there's a, there's a really huge uh, portion of puppeteers out in L.A. I was just going to bring that up. I was just <laughs> going to bring that up. That's because uh, you got, sadly, you got your scene cut out, right? I did. I did make it to the deleted scenes. So oh, I'm good. technically in the canon. Well, but... yeah, at least you get it. That means you get that IMDb. You know, you get, you get your credits. Yeah. yeah, totally. And it was, that was the coolest I'm going to say, at this point now, I'm going to say it's the second coolest experience of my life. Uh, my favorite movie as a child and still as an adult was The Labyrinth. Uh, and I watched it every single Saturday morning. I'm not kidding. For five years, my poor mother also probably knows all of the words to The Labyrinth just because she just would walk through the living room listening to it. Uh, and I got into puppeteering just sort of from that. Uh, and then when I moved to New York, I worked with this company called the Brooklyn Puppetry Arts Theater. Uh, which was a small nonprofit that did a lot of kind of kids-based uh, mm -hmm. puppetry and then also would do more adult-centered and not dirty dick pic adult-centered shows, but <laughs> actual like adult puppetry. Uh, and so I like learned to kind of build with them and actually get to perform and then have ended up making puppets for a couple of random film projects of friends and, and other coworkers. And occasionally I get to actually, you know, do some puppeteering. Uh, but then I just sit around my house and like, make weird puppets like i'm making some for my nephews right now that i'm gonna call the bc boys the little dinosaur puppets <laughs> oh, that's that's amazing that's fun everyone you know i feel really bad for i have a lot of people in my family i'll just be honest a lot of people in my family don't have hobbies you know and i just feel bad for when people don't have hobbies because there's nothing to look forward to yeah besides maybe you know getting upset about what's on the news or what's happening in your area or what's happening with the president or whatnot but i, I really love when people have you know, just passion products, projects that, the, you know, whatever it might be, video games, puppeteering, podcasts, just it's something to look it's forward to. Whatever. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, you do. You have to have that as a human. Like, what else are you doing? And you need to have a distraction and hopefully a good distraction that actually makes you feel better about being distracted, you know? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you're like maybe i don't know yeah. well i get distracted by social media a lot and sometimes i'm on there too that's long fair. 
I, I have the same thing. And I am trying to be really purposeful about social media right now, obviously, as an actor, like I have, you know, I use it to do promotion kind of stuff. And just to kind of keep in touch with with people of, of various types. Um, but you also can just like go down this weird rabbit hole where you look up and you've spent 45 minutes looking at like, strange photos of blinds and the shades that they created on the floor and some you know artsy framing of said photo and you just go what the hell am I doing with my day 45 minutes that's my getting started point (laughs) so I mean YouTube is the worst right you're like oh this little video this little thumbnail in the corner oh I gotta see that oh I got it have you heard of little Tay no she's like a she was like, she's like an eight-year-old. She cusses a lot and she throws money around. She talks about she's the biggest flexor, flexor of oh, the century. Wait, I have heard of her. Yeah, the the throwing money and flexing thing. Yeah, right? and it was actually her mom who was a real, real, uh, a realtor, and this, these were like her places of work. And she'd bring her in there and film these videos. And she was coaching her, and she got in trouble because the stuff that she was saying and shit. But I found out I fell down a a long rabbit hole with that. I was like, what is going on? There's that little eight-year-old girl saying, fuck everyone else, and I'm going to beat this bitch's ass. I'm like, what is going on? I was like, and then that would lead me to more shit, and we got Catch Me Outside Girl, and this and that, oh, and oh, my God, it never ends. Because isn't, that, isn't her name like Bad Baby now or something? Yeah, like Bad that? Baby. Danielle yeah. Borgali. She's a rapper now. She's actually not that bad. I know. I had that same thought, and I felt a little bit bad about myself that I was like, you know, kind of for this. Like, I don't really know if I care for how you came up but whatever it's she took her 15 minutes of fame and like flipped it which is awesome she, she did she could have like a ted talk on like how to be at the low end of the totem pole and get your 15 minutes and then just like like you start from maury and then you end up like driving in a maserati for a rap video you're doing pretty good yeah all it takes is one video going viral and you have to like capture what people want out of that and run with it yeah totally Bad baby, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to her to some of her music, and it's actually not bad. I'm like, you know what? She's a rapper. She's a young rapper. She's yeah. She's but she's skilled. She's not just <clears throat> yeah. You know. And she's you know she's Malcolm Gladwell would say she's doing her ten thousand hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, ten thousand hours. <laughs> so back to your Instagram. You take pictures like every day. Like you take very good pictures. I'll be honest. You take pictures that that stand out and you want to look at. Like it's not just That's like right. me. I just post a bunch of bullshit on Instagram. <laughs> but when I'm when but I, I enjoy it as well. <laughs> yeah, you post a lot of really interesting, a lot of colors in your pictures. I've noticed. I have, there's something cool about Instagram. I was actually talking with an editor friend of mine uh, the other day, and we were discussing that Instagram in particular allows you to have kind of a personal lens. Yeah, they don't really have on other formats. It's like one thing I, you know, say what you will about social media and narcissism and all of that. There is something nice about being to, being able to kind of curate your life and what you show of it to other people mm-hmm. and influence how they see it. So I, I don't think I'm necessarily great at it, but I do try. You know, I I naturally gravitate toward colors in life. I did retail for a really long time. I love clothing and outfits and and just kind of doing collaboration based things with fashion. Uh, so being an actor works out well for that. Uh, I have two really cute dogs, so I try to take photos of them all the time. And I do, I think social, I think the internet gets really negative really fast. And I think you can get into really dark spaces. And I, at least personally for Instagram, like I go on there to get away from the crazy Trump stuff and the crazy, you know, liberal versus conservative. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so Instagram for me is like, I want to just like have a fun little moment and share it. And sure, there's that moment where you, if somebody, if people are liking your photo, of course you get that weird 
we're probably all going to go to hell and die because of this thing that's getting ingrained in us to be like, oh, people liked it. But there is, you know, it's it feels good. Yeah, well, it's a little buzz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like it. I think you you post a lot of really good post pictures. Like you're well, you're thanks. constantly like I'm going to see something new every day. I think pretty much. Most of the time, I will I will post something at least once a day, sometimes twice. And if I'm really extremely bored, and you see me post like three times a day, just you you should just text me and be like, get off the internet. <laughs> hey, uh, Pamela, are you all right? Like, what's going yeah, on? Twice. I sell three pictures today. <laughs> you, you told me about your three picture limit. <laughs> uh, we're reaching the maximum there, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's fun. I like Instagram. Insta- but you know what the thing with Instagram is? You could write as much as you want in the in the, your description of whatever your picture is, and people most likely don't see it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I also the thing I like about Instagram, like like getting to meet you. I've met so many people from Instagram. It is this like immediate equalizer of being able to take out kind of social awkwardness. Like if I met you at like a grocery store. I, we would never probably walk up to oh, each other. I'd just other. be looking like, at the ground. I have bad social anxiety, so I'd just be looking down. Yeah, like everyone does, though, to some degree. Unless you're like that guy. Nobody wants to be that guy. Like, don't be that guy. Anybody that's listening, don't walk up to people in the grocery store. But on social media and Instagram, you can like things. And you can, you know, if you don't send weird things, then you start to have an actual kind of friendship with people. You might not ever meet them. Actually, I have a, a puppet friend who I've met on there. I, we haven't met in real life. And... I talk to him relatively often via social media and I consider him a friend. And it's a nice thing to just know that I can randomly meet these people that we never would have interacted with and actually get something out of each other's relationship. It's nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Because you can actually see like what their interests are. You know, it's yeah. better than meeting somebody and you find out they're a complete asshole. You kind of already have this feel, <laughs> like, you know, like I met my girlfriend through this podcast. Did you really? To a friend, and then she she was a guest on the podcast, and we like talked. And she lives in Alabama. She's two thousand miles away. Oh, where in Alabama? Uh, Coleman. Oh my God, that's where I'm born. That's where I was born. No shit. No shit. Whoa. Weird. Yeah, she lives in Coleman, Alabama, right now. She wants to move here to California. Like that's yeah, the yeah. ultimate. Plan. I'll have her move. <laughs> yeah, she she <laughs> wants. She definitely wants to. <laughs> that's crazy. Well. That's amazing. Coleman, Alabama, <laughs> huh? Yeah. She, she's, nice. It's just like when she talks about how far she has to go to like get to certain stores, like has to drive yeah. out of town. It's like, ugh, like that sucks. <laughs> yeah. We lived actually in a town that was like 15 minutes away from Coleman proper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, if you want to get to anything and my parents still like they live in Southeast Missouri now and they still have to drive like 20 minutes to get to anything. And for them, they love it. So not knocking it for anybody that wants to be away from things because that's great if it makes you happy. I just personally can't do it. <laughs> so I bet they have patience, right? They're, they they probably have a lot of patience and a lot of things like us. I want if I want something now, I want to go to the store and get it. I want to go to Best Buy. There's a Walmart, GameStop. Like I, yeah. I want it now. Yeah, same. If I want to go get milk, it's three blocks away from me. If I want to go get eyeliner. It's three blocks away from me. If I, anything that I need to get, I can probably get within five minutes. Yeah, and that's, really that's nice. the beauty of California. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> or most of it. Yeah. So she wants to move here. If that ever happens, I'd probably fly over there and then we drive back. It's an. You know what? We drove <laughs> when we moved. We drove from New York uh, across the country with our like little moving van and whatnot, yeah. and it was awesome. I don't know if I would ever do it again. But it's cool once. But it was really cool once. And I saw some crazy ass towns. <laughs> There's this town called Tucumcari, New Mexico, 
which has been just ingrained into my brain. I like kind of genuinely want to write a script that's based in this town, like a weird horror script because it was so crazy. They we pulled into this. They've got all those little like neon sign motels. It's along Route 66. Oh, I'm picturing it already. Yeah, so we pull into this motel. It had a room available that took dogs, and you know we had one dog at the time. Did it have so, a flickering vacancy sign? A hundred percent did. Yeah. It's every stereotype you imagine. It a hundred percent had, and it was creepy, which I love. Like I love horror movies and things, so yeah. I'm all I'm like person that's like, let's walk into this abandoned old building. What could possibly go wrong? I'm that person. So I was like, yeah, this creepy old motel. Let's stay there. We open the door and it's these like green lights on the inside that are flickering. And I like hand to David Bowie, these like locust things come up from the floor once the lights turned on and like went toward the lights. And so already the room is like, oh, God, there's all these crazy weird bugs. And then they all got out of the room. And then we go to get food at this restaurant like across town. And there's this guy who's probably 55, 60, something like that. He's jacked. Super jacked, but like you know when the face doesn't match the body? He's one of those like the face didn't match the body situations. <laughs> I can picture it. Yeah. And he has no shirt on and he's got these like big cargo jeans and he's holding a gun just standing in front of this Mexican restaurant. This is not a fancy place. This is a little hole in the wall. I don't know who he was guarding or defending, or if he was just standing there, but it was I just saw that man and was like, I don't think I'm that hungry anymore. I think I might just go through the drive-in and go back to my strange little motel room now. Okay. <laughs> he was the bodyguard. Haven't you ever seen Breaking Bad? They're out there cooking meth, and he was the bodyguard okay. to their underground uh, meth uh, facility. He was meth Tuco, like the actual <laughs> Tuco. Tuco. <laughs> <laughs> now I wish I thought of that at the time, and I could have been like, yo, we have to talk. I have some questions. <laughs> I wish they had another show that would match Breaking Bad. Did you watch the whole thing? I did. I watched the whole thing all the way through twice. Oh my god! Really? Have you seen a, a what's that new one with um mm, what's that Netflix one? Uh, Ozark. Oh, oh, Ozark. Yes, I have. They actually filmed that in Atlanta, despite it being technically set in Southwest Missouri. Um, I really like it. It's really good. I, like I, it. I, I love it. Have some notes on their accents, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, I mean, that stuff's hard though, right? If, if you really catch it, you can kind of. Yeah, it's a specific area. And I also will say just as the weird, like my Scorpion episode, I was a Russian scientist and I have a friend who's actually Russian that watched it and was like, well, loose on the uh, Russian-ness there between all of you. you. You all came together from different regions. What <laughs> season like, was that in? That was season two i believe uh, see i saw the whole first season and then i totally forgot about that show i don't know why i just forgot well about it. it's off the air now so yeah. you'll have to go back into the annals um it was, super, it, was a, it was a super fun day and it's i like when i get to play weirdos and getting to play a russian scientist that was technically very bad at their job was really fun let me hear your <laughs> russian um well if i am ex- drinking extremely heavily then i will start talking like russian this is kind of my favorite accent and dialect i also had friends teach me to say uh, which means give me vodka you fucking bitch that's pretty good <laughs> it's pretty good it's fine uh, no that's really good <laughs> I mean, you're gonna obviously hear it in your own ears and tear it apart but for me I know, yeah, i'd be like it. she's she's legit russian it, it works for you know for a CBS, you know, show, it worked. So, <laughs> hope I don't get trouble for saying that later. But <laughs> No, no. Shh. We'll erase it. Let's rewind. <laughs> that was a pretty good Russian accent. It was really good. Thank you. 
that's really good. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of the shows that I see you do, you've done like Criminal Minds and, and Shameless, Scorpion, Jane the Virgin. I mean, popping in on a show that's already going and just those were all probably one episode things. Yeah, all one episode. Uh, I've gotten really lucky to really genuinely be on some amazing shows. So I, I kind of am accidentally specializing in like really small, strange parts that are. That's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. I've gotten super lucky. Uh, Shameless was like maybe going to be more episodes, so I was really hoping that that would turn out. The the my kid in the show, uh, Dylan, ended up getting more episodes, uh, and they had like a. Pr- I won't ruin it for anybody that's still going through. I, I want to watch that show so bad. I'm just I haven't seen it yet, and I know I'm going to get sucked okay. into it. Oh man, and you've got like what nine seasons going yeah. on ten now at this point, so it's many hours of your life to go down that uh, that hole. Um, but yeah, I, I've gotten super lucky and I, you know, Law and Order was a funny, while I was in New York, I, I booked that and that was my first, uh, show that I've gotten to do multiple days on. So just for the one episode, but multiple days, uh, and that's such like a, an actor bucket list show just to be like, Oh, are you a real actor? Were you on Law and Order? So like, I finally get to say, after you know, 20 years of trying like, yes, I am now a real actor. Yeah. Uh, your part was really good in that. <laughs> I have to say like, you, you got to go through like anger to confusion to like sadness you went through this this the span of emotions in a in a three minute scene and it's re- it's really that takes skill that's really good why thank you i've paid my acting teacher a lot of money okay, to have yeah. those three minutes so thank you very much uh no that was actually sometimes you get scripts and they're really atrociously terrible and you have to figure out how to no offense to writers out there not that any of them realize they're making terrible things i think but uh, sometimes you get scripts and you have to figure out how to make them human and make them actually have a connection and have a purpose. And why are you saying this and to who, you know, uh, and the, the law and order one, you know, I, I think people kind of say law and order is, is like a cheesy kind of thing sometimes, but it's really, the writers are amazing and really do care about trying to make it organic and conversational and, and make you have, you know, you're having to go through crazy emotions because those episodes are always insane, Yeah, but they're trying to make them actually human which was nice so i will say that was that was a really nice character to get to have have all of those emotions with you know i got to i could actually understand why she was having them so it was nice yeah i was that's what i was gonna ask like how do you because you read the script and the stuff that you're saying and then the way you're actually you know you're letting it out you're 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 doing the work and i always wonder how you get from from reading it to doing it it's it seems so difficult it is the simultaneously, if you're doing it right, and I'm not implying that I'm doing it right. You did it right. You did it right. But just like as an actor kind of concept, I think it's simultaneously the hardest thing you can do and the easiest thing to do if you're doing it well, because you have to be able to take yourself as a human out of something and you have to pick up this other human and put them on and really think why they're doing this, why they're saying it. And you have to react many times like it's the first time you're hearing these things and then saying something in return to them. Uh, I know I went to this acting school out here in LA uh, that's run by Leslie Kahn, who does a lot of, she really works heavily with a lot of comedic actors, but also, you know, more dramatic material if you choose to go forward in the program. Uh, And she has these wonderful things that she suggests actors to do. Uh, And it's basically making sure that your thoughts as you are reading the script and actually performing are present. So you're not saying them, but but they're present with what you're saying. And I, I find personally that helps me a lot, especially because I do a lot of like the smaller kind of roles. Mm-hmm. You don't get a lot of context a lot of times, which is really hard. Yeah. 
So you really do have to figure out like, where does this fit? Why is it here? Who am I helping in this scene? And I, I think that's the hardest part as an actor is to take your ego out of it and say, I'm, I'm probably, at least for me, I'm normally not the important person in the scene. I'm there to make somebody else. I'm, I'm there to help their information or to give them information or to give them a reason to do something. And you have to figure out how to how to just do it like a normal human. You look at actors that are fantastic, like Brian Cranston, for example, like yeah. farthest thing from a meth dealer ever, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just part of Brian Cranston that he's able to throw out and do it. And he makes it look so easy. And that's why you want to watch it. And I think that's the challenge for an actor is being able to get to the point where it's just easy and it can come out of you and you, you know, not to sound like a cheesy weirdo, but like you can just be this vessel of another person, you know? Yeah, it really, you got to fill it out, right? You got to yeah. you got to fill out every every ounce of it rather than force it out. Yeah. I mean, say you get your your script or whatever, you're going to so I okay, I got law and order. I'm yeah. going to be doing this pretty soon. It's going to be awesome. How many times do you rehearse those lines in your head or out loud before you actually do it? Just a rough a rough um if it's let's say if so law and order was like four pages or something. Um I probably actually spent five to six hours really heavily working on like what what is it like when I hear this sentence why would I respond this way like what are my thoughts because there's also the technical things and as an actor half of my job is actually just auditioning so like when I get that law and order script I sit there and I go okay where would the camera be who am I looking at where did they say this am I moving am I sitting am I doing anything and then all of the emotions on top of it so I'd say for that I had about a day before the audition so I probably spent a solid six hours in that 24 hours really working on the script. Um, and then I was in New York at the time and I, I called my poor husband and made him say the lines over the phone to me so that I could like practice somebody yeah. saying them with me. Cause it's, it's just suicide. If you've never said them actually out loud before you go into a room, it's going to throw you and it's going to be really weird. Um, so you have to have that. But if I get like, if I get time, I will spend, I don't know, I'll probably go through a scene 25 times um, before I feel like I've at least got a good grasp on it. Yeah. And that's not even saying I'm good at it, just that I understand really what's happening and, and to who and why and what I'm doing. So I do, it is, it's, it's a job. And it, the weird thing is I technically work like the days that I'm on a payroll is a very small amount of days out of a year. And I'm very lucky and work pretty you know, regularly, but I'm working all of those other days that I'm not getting paid for it. And my work is to like sit with those 25 times on that four page script for those six hours and make sure, you know, I, I've been going into auditions lately just with the aspect of like, this is the only time I'm going to get to probably play this character. So I'm just going to have fun and I'm going to make this the best version of it I can for these however many minutes. And then you just got a Kanye West and mic drop and, you know, try to not think about it, which is the other hardest thing ever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a ton of work just to do anything. And, and people that are series regulars and have many, many pages, I, I don't know how they have social lives ever. Oh, <laughs> just they, they're just so into it. It's just like second nature, right? You get yeah. to a certain point where you're just an autopilot. Yeah. Which is wonderful, but it's like getting to that point. Like I, I auditioned weirdly for a lot of soap operas, which just kind of on the actor bucket list. I like really want to book a soap opera just to say I did it once. I just think it'll be fun. But it's so much dialogue. It's so much. And I'm kind of a speed memorizer anyway. But even for me, I'm like, whoa, damn. And to think you've got a day to memorize 30 pages every day, that's insane and amazing. 
Brains are crazy. <laughs> Brains are. I mean, I, I'm not good at memorizing things. Not. We're, there's no way I could ever go in and do a line or an act for anything. No. I just get there and be like, uh. 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 <laughs> <clears throat> so, hold on. Well, let's do a lot of law and order scenes. So a law and order scene always starts with them interviewing a person while he's working. Oh, uh, I love you know, I'm over here. I got to load this truck up here. Uh, what did you want to know? <laughs> uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Moses. We uh, have reason to believe that you uh, know a woman named Sally Rothersfield. Uh, once upon a time, I knew a Sally, but yeah, I'm kind of busy working. Uh, well, you know, why don't we take you down to the precinct, sir, and we're going to have some questions for you. I don't have time for that. I got a wife and kids at home, and they like to eat every six hours. So as long as, how long is it going to take? Obviously, you're our killer, sir, and we're taking you in immediately. You have the right <laughs> lawyer. <laughs> God damn it! You found me! They always interview people when they're in the middle of, like, moving boxes. It's oh, like, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I mean, that's what I think of when I think of somebody going in and doing something. They're probably moving a box or... Yeah, they're either moving a box or they're just, like, really awkwardly sitting on a couch that's very pristine. Like, my scene, I was sitting on a very pristine couch. Like, I'm just very... I'm waiting for company to come and interview me about my... <laughs> but the whole thing, like... If I were to get, if a cop was coming to interrogate me or ask me questions and I didn't stop working, I'd feel like a fucking asshole, right? Like, I gotta stop. Politeness, yeah, 100%. You wanna stop and give them them your attention. Yeah, (laughs) so I realized someone got murdered, but not my, don't, eh. But FedEx is really, they're really mean to their employees, so if I don't get this box working, I'm probably fired, officer. Yeah, yeah. Are you gonna pay my minimum wage? No, actually, FedEx makes pretty good. I have a cousin working. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, my family doesn't want to work FedEx. They make it. <laughs> uh, I, I get in there. I do some FedEx stuff. That'd be cool. Fast paced. Your back still hurt. Yeah, I know. I need to do something that my back doesn't hurt. <laughs> this podcast doesn't help. So, you know. Yeah. It's cool. So, so what, what are your, some of your dream jobs? Have you thought of that? Like, what would be something? I know you said soap operas, but do you have like a, maybe a specific series? Like Game of Thrones would be fucking awesome, right? Anything. Game of Thrones would be really awesome. I uh, I yeah. don't know if I have like a, a dream role necessarily. I know the things that I'm technically really good at. And so I think that kind of falls into I am a really wonderful like bitchy sister or cousin or something. So anything that would be like a Kristen Ritter type is kind of my oh, like, real goal. Right. I love those roles where you just yeah. like get to be mean but with a purpose. Uh, and then for whatever reason, I've started like playing really fancy people like people are starting to audition me i think when you get something on your reel that's what they see you as and so casting directors start calling you in bangs the bangs weirdly help which i i thought it was like a (laughs) rockabilly thing but people keep being like no it looks nice and i'm like whatever it's fine with me cheap botox it's great (laughs) (laughs) so you say you said your favorite movie is labyrinth what if they did like a a new labyrinth and you could be no no you'd be like no you don't don't ruin it don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. I will say they're making The Dark Crystal right now. Oh, it's uh, a Netflix show, right? Yeah. Netflix is redoing The Dark Crystal. Uh, and I can say with some uh, personal connection that it's going to be absolutely amazing. Awesome. That, yeah. is that, that's a series or is it a movie? It's a series, it's a right? It's a series. So they're not redoing the film. Uh, from what I do, I don't know a bunch of details. I just know from some of the puppeteers from Happy Time are also working on it. So kind of broad conversation. Um, so they're not redoing the dark crystal, but it's the world of the dark crystal getting expanded. Uh, and you know, they've got the greatest puppeteers and now they've got a ton of money. Cause you know, if Netflix is throwing it, then you just catch that. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Netflix <laughs> throws their money out on a lot of shit. And I don't they mean my shit. Do. I just mean a lot of stuff. I mean, There's so much stuff. They have so much content. Yeah. It's, it's sad thing is if it doesn't hit like first season, then it doesn't, they don't they keep going kind of forward. Over. Yeah, I know. I actually was thinking today, like just with Game of Thrones, I was thinking about binging shows versus having to wait each week to watch them. And I have got to say, as much as I loved binging like Stranger Things, there's something in a community way that makes having to wait every week it makes it really nice to know other people are waiting and you yeah on complicated <laughs> stories right game yeah. of thrones stuff that is complicated and you need to talk about it with people yeah 100%. But, uh, stuff like a uh, santa clarita diet just give me that all at once when i knock that that's shit fair. out <laughs> I just really binge it. think about that yeah orange is the new black i just want to rip through that i love that show yeah. you know glow uh, just <sighs> stuff like that just i just want to go through it it's the new black and I, it's ending. I think this is the last season they're yeah, doing. Yeah, so, that sucks. Well, well you know, like, it's only so much you can do with the show. Prisoner. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. There's a lot of cool extras in there in, in, that, in that show. Yeah, everybody's a cool character. It's like just a fun thing. And a lot of the actors get to play against their type, which is really fun. Yeah, yeah you see a lot of those uh, those those pictures and it goes, oh, this is the actress from the Orange is the New Black. You're like, no, that's her. Like yeah, she looks like like a man, and and the other and like a roughed up homeless man. That wait, wait, she's a woman, <laughs> a like, very what? pretty woman. Yeah, yeah, very, like what is going on? Yeah, totally. <laughs> There's a lot of those, and you're like, oh, th- th- like she's very attractive. They yeah. they know how to make it like even uh Tara Manning, like uh, yeah, they know how to make her look very unattractive, and she's not unattractive, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I actually uh, she I'm. Um, on Instagram, I saw she's going to be on like the worst cooks in America kind of. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, she's really pretty. And I had the exact same thing. Like when she's Punxsutawney, you're like, oh God, no, don't touch me. But then, you know, when she's Terry Manning, you're like, you can touch me. It's okay. Hello. Yeah. I saw that commercial for <laughs> that. Buy my grandma's house the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I listened. She's like, yeah, I'm a terrible cook. I could do this show. Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> All right. <laughs> me too. Let's do it. That sounds like fun. <laughs> I would love to have a conversation with her. Like she's been in a lot of interesting things. She, yeah, she's had a fascinating career. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people I would just love to to sit down and chat with. Like I love these conversations like this. I get to find out more about you and just some more about acting from a non professional. Because non I've had like Lou Temples came on the podcast and I've had conversations with him or yeah. awesome question. He'll go off for for a half hour off one really? question. He'll go off talking about his his friendship with Johnny Depp and and oh uh, Rob Zombie and it's incredible and I've had like, some some conversations where it's like you really have the, you ask questions and they'll get answered but there won't be any more to it like you won't get any personality out of it and I don't mean that in a bad way I just mean yeah. some people are more professionally they they know how they know how to interview more professionally so yeah. it's different which I suck at so I'm probably just rambling in weird ways <laughs> oh it's perfect this is all I do so yeah that's all that's how, that's how I do podcasts I just want to, I just want the flow, however it works. <laughs> so no, no labyrinth movie if they ever redid it. No labyrinth. Let's let, let's let perfect sleeping dogs lie. Let's okay. let, uh... But if they did, I'm sure. And they said, Pamela, we need you on the labyrinth. We think you'd be really great. I mean, yeah, of course I would take ah, it. Ah, see? <laughs> no, I, there's, I, I've thought about that. Like, are there things that I would ever say no to? And that's a hard question to ask an actor. Like it's, we're so lucky, especially at the level that I'm at. I'm so lucky to get offered things anyway and to get the chance to do stuff. So it's hard to say no. Um, I obviously won't say any names. I've I've maybe turned down like four projects ever so far. So probably the labyrinth remake. 
It was definitely the Lovers remake. Sorry. I mean, you know what? With with Bowie gone, I just really couldn't bring myself to do it. You're like, so. look, if you're not going to do it, we're going to cancel the project. You're like, sorry. Sorry. I mean, you want a a thirty ish year old Sarah, right? It's 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 less creepy when she's not a fourteen year old, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, what is your favorite movie as an adult? Um, ooh, uh, I would say if I had to like pick my favorite, oh, that's hard. Yeah, pick your um, one, your one take oh, on an oh. island DVD Blu-ray. We'll go 4K Blu-ray to make it look nice at least, right? So you can okay. take one flute 4K Blu-ray with you. Oh, I can only pick one. Um, I'm gonna say Kevin in the Woods. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say Kevin in the Woods just because if it's the only one I get that I want it to be funny and I want it to be a horror and I want to see Chris Hemsworth in it. And yeah, so I'm going to say Kevin in the Woods. But if I had to pick other movies, I would say All the President's Men in American History X would probably be on the... What? What is that? All What did you say? All the President's Men. All the President's Men. I don't even know, if I know what that is. I'm going to look it up. Uh, yeah, look it up. <laughs> Uh, it's basically Watergate, uh, so it's yeah. I would pick. The, I'm trying to think like other movies. That's such a hard question to ask an actor, though. Yeah, like, I mean, you, you probably want to pick the longest one, right? You want to find the longest one you got. You're just like watching Gone with the Wind, like forever. <laughs> 1976. Yeah, Robert Redford. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's uh, it's a strangely. Uh, pertinent in our current political climate so if you haven't watched it i would say go through go through and spend a night it's really cool uh cinematography also and it's kind of the peak of just a movie that doesn't necessarily have a lot of action it's it's actually as an actor that's a a hard thing when you just have a lot of scenes where you're just talking oh tarantino films yeah you're not necessarily like doing things and that movie's a great example of the the script is so great that you enjoy watching two actors talking to each other across desks. It's, it's something just nice to watch. So yeah, yeah, that's what I love about Tarantino. Just a lot, a lot of dialogue, and it's all it's interesting. It just sucks you in, and you get interested, and you get locked in. And I, it's hard to get me locked into movies anymore. But when I do, and it's dialogue based, oh, I love it. Just just sink in there and and just watch it. I love it. Yeah. Yep. It's really hard though. Like now, you need a lot of action, flair, like. I've heard a lot of people complain about these last episodes of Game of Thrones. Are you watching it? I am. I uh, I know I'm gonna. Have to, we have to try so hard not to do spoilers right okay, now. Okay, we'll try to spoil. <laughs> but this is what I'm gonna say. I've heard, I've seen a lot of people on my Facebook who are like, "Oh, nothing happened." I'm like, "What are you talking about? There's been re- re- people yeah. being re- reunited, who haven't seen each other since the first season." Yeah. And like people, there's information that everybody knew, and now the characters know, and you're like, "This is amazing!" Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I've, I've heard several people who were much more into Game of Thrones than I was initially. So I'll, I'll preface it with that, that have had some major complaints about the last two episodes, uh, to which the conversation is exactly what you're saying, which is we need to get all of this together yeah, and we get on the same episodes. page. Yeah, we have six episodes and there's going to have to be so much action from this point that I think they knew they had to kind of front load with some stuff. So I'm, I understand why. I will say if the third episode doesn't deliver what I think is going to start delivering, I'll be a little frustrated. So we think uh, that's going to be that war, right? It's going to be like a – is that going to be this week or next week? I think it's got to be this week. They, they had such wonderful character like softness this week that yeah. I think we'll have to juxtapose it. So who knows? But uh, yeah. I'm excited. The way <laughs> the first 
episode of this season ended with that character at the very end sees you know who yeah and yep. you already know that connection and what he did the last time you seen him oh that gave me chills i was like oh my god i was so good so far back that was what first season yeah you don't even realize it right yeah how much time has gone that they have both been thinking of the other but they have had so much life happen in between. Oh, it's so hard to talk about this and not spoil it. <laughs> I, you know what? I feel like if if anybody's listening, they're watching the show. I doubt anyone's a big Game of Thrones fan and not watching it. You think? That's fair. They that's got fair. it, right? But that that's, that's the line that he says, uh, the things you do for love. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. And he's such a good actor. Anyway, for anybody who hasn't watched it, I'm sorry if you're figuring out, but... <laughs> but my question is, who the fuck is pushing Bran around? He's, he's like, teleporting from place to place, and no one's pushing him. I will say, here's my thing. My only thing with the entire character of Bran, so he can see all of the memories of the past, the present, and the future, right? Yeah, I think so. so. So why can't he just tell us <clears throat> what's going to happen? Why are they? I, I guess I still have a little confusion on why. He's can he not see the doing... future though? How far can he see? I don't know. The, I my impression because I haven't read the books. I will full disclosure. Oh, I've never. And I know obviously we're far past wherever the books in theory um, would be going at this point. I believe that he's supposed to be able to see some of the future. I'm gonna like I'm gonna have like some person on Twitter going under like a really strange nerd rant against oh, yeah. me for talking. Guys, stop, stop, <laughs> stop, stop. We're dummies. We don't know. I don't know, I don't know. I say in full, I'm I'm learning, I'm learning. Um but yeah, that's the only thing that sometimes I get confused with him of like what he can do and what he can't know and things like that. But I guess that's what our next six episodes will answer. Four episodes, right? Is six total? Oh, it is six total. Yeah. The next <sighs> episodes are all like upwards? 80 minutes, yeah. 80 minutes. So they're going to be like little movies. Yeah. 80, 80, oh, it's going to be so awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah. And they've got the, the, there's like a 55 minute fight scene that's coming up. It's the longest fight scene that's ever been done. So yeah, it, 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 cool. it, it overmatches what the Battle of Helm's Deep in the Lord of the Rings films was. So I'm super excited just to see. I the love Battle of the Bastards that. was a great fighting scene, too. Yeah. Like, oh, Tyrion gets his face cut. And... That was amazing. I actually, I love battle scenes. And I like when they're practical effects. That's like one thing I can't do any of it myself as far as FX or VFX or anything. But I love when people still make a practical effect instead of just going in and digitizing absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. I, you know, you watch like the original Jurassic Park. That still holds up. It does. That's I saw it in 3D and IMAX a couple years ago. That's awesome. And it holds like that's even more awesome. I want to see it. In oh, yeah. When, it, when I saw it was going to be IMAX in 3D, I went and saw it again. It still holds up as if it was, except for like when they show the brontosauruses, because that's my favorite sure. movie. If you want to say favorite movie, that's my all time oh, favorite. That's your island movie? That's my island movie. And it's okay. on an island. Yay. So <laughs> the, when they show like the brontosauruses in a diff, like the fully, the, the digital stuff, like you're talking about, that stuff looks kind of fake. But when you get the yeah. T Rex up close and the velociraptors, like they look really good still. Well, awesome yeah and it's because they're not like painting things i was like even with game of thrones there was there was a scene in the last episode that i i said to my husband i was like that's not gonna hold up well in like five years was like it you the dragons see, uh no it was not the dragons okay. actually um but yeah there's i i'm starting to pay attention more to the the kind of new world of like digital painting on actors faces and things like that and i i feel like that's the next frontier of of effects uh, and I wonder what that's going to make a lot of these films look like. And like Allied, have you seen that movie with Brad Pitt and Marion Cotillard? No, I don't think so. Uh, it's about these like sort of 
spies in World War II, basically. Uh, beautiful movie, extremely well acted. But they paint his face like a ton. Like they they were making him. I don't know. I don't know why Brad Pitt's ugly, but <clears throat> he apparently came to work looking a little rough. So they had to touch up some some pockets under his eyes and things. But I, it was distracting watching. Yeah. And so now I'm seeing a lot of stuff where they're doing that to actors. And I I hope it doesn't ruin a lot of really good work for people watching it 10 years from now. Yeah. Well, now you can't get away with that stuff as much with 4K screens. <laughs> Everything looks. It's so. You can see the makeup on people's faces if you don't do it right, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's a it's a nuts thing. And the poor makeup artists are always amazing and always so worried about it. And you it feels like so much when you're on set and everyone's worrying about it. But then when you see the final product, you know why. They have to. If, if you're taken out of the show just from looking at someone, then the, none of it matters, you know? Yeah. It, yeah, it's cr- crazy times. It's cool, though. It's interesting. It's fun, right? Yeah. It's a good time to be in acting for you. You got so you know you can. It is. There's so many shows. I think this is the most amount of shows that have ever been filmed, and it's also nice just for actors that live in different parts of the country, you know, in the world, I guess. But as an, an American actor, used to you had to live in Los Angeles if you wanted to be a film or TV actor, and you lived in New York if you wanted to do theater. At least you know the kind of like the big like Broadway. But now there's so much filming elsewhere. Like actors who live in Atlanta, they have an amazing opportunity right now. There's so like Ozark, as as we mentioned, is being filmed in Atlanta. And there's so much there that you can have a normal life and a nice house and have a normal kind of life dynamic and be an actor and live, you know, in the southeast region. Or if you live in New Mexico, it's the tax credits that these states are allowing to have have you know, productions come in, it benefits the communities, benefits the town, it obviously benefits the artists of all formats. Uh, and it's, it is a really nice, it's like a strange golden age of acting and in the aspect of opportunity. Could you imagine back in the 80s trying to be an actor when there's like, there's like six television shows? <laughs> you know, there's not a yeah. lot of variety, right? You really have to hit those big movies or there wasn't a yeah. whole lot of indie back then. It was most of those blockbusters. There wasn't a lot of indie films. You know, I've actually, I always wondered that. I have that, I was talking about that with some friends that are filmmakers. And is it that there weren't as many or is it just that we didn't save things as well? Like were there, I imagine there at least were indie communities. And it's just that we don't have access to like, what is there, one VHS of some like weird indie movie, you know? Yeah, you're right. You know, there was like a million like new horror movies a week. Going to rent some from Blockbuster. You have a whole wall of new horror movies. You had no idea what they were. That is how I, I got into film. My best friend in Coleman, Alabama, actually, hey. uh, her grandmother owned a uh, video store and probably, unfortunately, did not really police what we were doing or watching well enough. Uh, and she would let us just pick out like three or four movies to watch over the weekend. And so, of course, we were like, we want to see Blood and Boobs because we were kids. And that was like, wait, not <laughs> Blood so- and Boobs. <laughs> And so we would end up watching, like, I've seen, I think, every B-horror movie that was made before, like, 1996. I'm kind of not kidding. Nice I, don't, I might not remember them well, but I've seen them. Just because we would watch, you know, like, all the freaking Puppet Masters. I've seen all the Puppet Masters. Like, My, as, like, a, an eight-year-old should not be watching all of yeah, the Puppet Masters. Yeah, well, I did it, right? My friend Ted's, like, the horror enthusiast. He knows all the... He still, to this day, just watches... All, Mostly older horror movies, and now the new ones are not as interesting to him, but he still watches them, but he knows everything about the old. He just knows them all, the stories. He's watched them so many times. It's crazy. He's like he's like waiting for the moment in Leprechaun 3 when Jennifer Aniston's finger is bitten off. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Leprechaun 3. 
Pokemon 3. Let's see. Have you seen Chud? I have seen Chud. I saw Chud as an adult, though. So actually, that one does not stand for uh, childhood. (laughs) What's some of the other old classic? Ghoulies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Ghoulies. (laughs) Little in the toilet. Oh, my God. Ghoulies, Troll. Those are some weird horror movies. Troll movies are kind of amazing. Like, they're terrible, but they're kind of amazing. (laughs) Uh, Critters. Oh, yeah. Critters is fantastic. Anything with, like, earthquakes and small creatures that become horrible, violent things, I'm for. Have you seen Saturday the 14th? No. Oh. It was like a a spoof of Friday the 13th, but on Saturday the 14th, this crack crack opens (laughs) in this kid's basement and these monsters are coming out. And it was hilarious. He thought he could fill it up with, with cement. So he went somewhere and bought some cement and mixed it. And then by the time he got home, it was just a hard bucket of cement. And it's just, <laughs> it's just stupid, ridiculous stuff. It's just. Dumb. I love that stuff. I love parodies, though. Anything that's satirical to me is that's the highest form of humor. If you can do it lovingly and well, I love that stuff. Scary movie? 14th. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that changed the game of horror, I think, actually. I think the scary movie whole franchise, I think it made horror kind of like sexy and fun again. I, I feel like there was this like weird lull after scream where everybody was trying to figure out what was happening. Yeah. And I feel like scary movie strangely was able to make it like a meta commentary where people were willing to like go watch bad movies again. They're awesome. Yeah. You know? ha- um, the ha- what's the one with the, uh, is it haunted haunt the haunted house? Haunting on Hill house. No, no, no. It's all, it's like, they're making fun of like, um, what's like, what's that movie with, um, uh, with the ghosts in the house, uh, everyone it was the last one in the theater. Everyone was freaking out about. Uh, Conquering? No, 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 no. Um, oh, I'm so dumb right now. It's with like stuff <laughs> We're gonna moving in the house. They set of cameras and they're moving in the house. Stuff's moving. Um, ah, oh. God. Oh, brain fart. Very recent? No, 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 not too recent. There was like six of them in the in the franchise. Like ghosts in here, like well, a haunted house was Marlon Wayne's spoof of it. Okay. So let's see. I got a not so, the conjuring. No, it was like there's there's ghosts in the house and they move into the house and and they were showing like they, in the the previews at the for the commercials for it on TV which showed just the audience freaking out. They put like oh 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 and it's really green colors ah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, paranormal activity. Paranormal activity. Yes. Boom. Oh, yes. Oh, we're dumb. We're really dumb. So, <laughs> a haunted house is Marlon Wayne's uh, spoof of that. So, there's like, there's the there's like the doll from Annabelle. He's like having sex with it, and there's uh, he gets raped by a ghost, and it's really really fu- like my, my grandma. I brought I watched it at her house. She was cracking up when he's getting raped by a ghost. She thinks it's the funniest thing ever. I love when elderly people like the raunchiest stuff. Like, I'm going to be that person. That's yeah. awesome that your grandmother's like, yeah, give it to him. Well, she's probably like, guys, give it to him. They deserve to lose it all. Ha, that's so funny. <laughs> but it, it, it's, 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 uh, yeah, so it's paranormal activity. It's a spoof on that. So it's really funny. You have to check it out. It's uh, Cedric, the entertainer, comes in to do the, the, like, exorcism. It's really funny. All right. Maybe that's my movie for the evening. I'm all caught up on everything else. So I'm trying to... I, you, you know when you have that moment where you've watched everything yeah. and you're trying to go through the annals of like, what do I remember that I haven't watched? Or like, what do I want to rewatch? And that's kind of the hardest thing to figure out sometimes. That, I wish I had that. I have so many stuff. On, I have like all these movies. I, I'm so interested in too many things. So 
I've always got like, oh, this show, this show, this show. Have you seen this show yet? I'd love to. Let me finish this one. I'd love to get to that one. I want to get to that new zombie one on Netflix, uh, Black Summer. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that either. That's supposed to be a prequel to the sci-fi show Z Nation. Yes. Which is just super goofy. I had Doc on. Have you seen that show? I have seen. I haven't seen all of the show, but I have seen oh, good. Russell um, uh, Hodgkinson. I had him on the podcast. That dude's. That dude's super. He's just as as the way you think of him as being Doc. Just just really. Goofy. And yeah, he came on the podcast like a couple years ago. It's really cool. That's awesome. But uh, that's that's supposed to be a prequel to that, which I don't understand because Z Nation is super goofy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, that's. I want to get to that, but I'm still trying to get through Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <clears throat> yeah, I watched that. Oh, that's good. The new one? It's yeah. dark. Uh, David Rappaport casting, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. It's good. And it has really good HDR. It looks so good on my TV. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having this moment where I keep walking into people's houses and realizing they still have the sports setting on their television oh, and that some people don't care. How do you not care? No, some people don't know. They're like they'll just have whatever standards. <sighs> I, I tweak on the settings. I can't watch anything without adjusting something. Yeah, good. You're doing you're doing the Lord's work, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just bought an OLED TV and just watching some shows on it that I've already even seen just to see the HDR and stuff. And it's like, oh my god, this is way different. It's just is way it? different. It's like certain things look like they're in the room with you, right? You see like a light bulb, and you're like, that's not no normal light bulb. And like that's in my house. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so good and it just blows my mind. Other people wouldn't care. They wouldn't even like, uh, I don't care. I don't know. Yeah. I always just, I look at people's faces and if it's on the sports setting, I'm like, this looks like it's, fa I feel like I'm watching like a telenovela. Yeah. Oh, that People's, soap opera like, effect? Cards or something. Yeah. And I'm like, it's super smooth. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Like my girlfriend too, she doesn't really know. So I'm like, what kind of TV do you have? She doesn't even know the size or the resolution. And I'm like, ah, God, you gotta do better if you want to be my wife somewhere. <laughs> You're like putting her through like a little list of things. Like, well, she did this one okay. I'm a tester. What's HDR okay. stand for? <laughs> High dynamic range. Okay, you got that one correct. Yeah. <laughs> She's like Googling very quickly. <laughs> you know what though? I would have called that high definition resolution. So I would have gotten that ah, incorrect. Ah, yeah. yeah. So it can it could bring you it can get the dark scenes brighter, the brighter scenes lower, it can marry the colors, bring in more range in between them. So if, the way I, I learned this is I play a lot of video games. So I'm playing a video game. I was playing The Division 2. And you go into like rooms where it's really dark and to loot stuff, look for bad back stuff to loot. Yeah. You can't really see it. But if you turn the HDR on, you can see it clearly. It just brings all those, oh, those dark colors. It brings them up. But it does without without bringing Blasting in like – the rest of it. Yeah, without like bleeding the light together. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't wash it out or anything. It's really yeah. – Yeah, neat technology. I'm envious of people that can play video games. I'm epileptic, so I can't play for very long. Oh, no. I know. It's always a bummer. So every time somebody talks about a cool game, I'm like, that sounds really awesome. I can't. <laughs> well, if I'm not working or podcasting, I'm probably probably playing a video game. Nice. Yeah. That's, but that's also like another lovely community of people you get to interact with randomly. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, so my, when I first started podcasting was four, four or five years ago? Four years ago? Okay. We started the Horrible Gamers podcast. I met a group of guys, and we did that for a while. We did like I did like 105 episodes of that before I broke off completely and was just doing this solo. But I met I, I met friends that with today we we were in Facebook chats. Like we have a little chat set up, a message set up, and yeah. every day we're in there. Every day 
for ever yeah. since then. It's it's crazy. You meet okay. like actual friends, even though I've never shook hands with them. Yeah. I know everything about them. Yeah. Right. And so. I always think about the fact that like our parents were freaking terrified of us meeting strangers on the internet when we were kids. And yeah. now this is like, I mean, we're like, you have my phone number now. Like we've never actually met. You're, you know, technically like we're both just random people from the internet. Yeah. You didn't know <laughs> I, I was a creep. husband online. Like I met him on OkCupid. Like just, this, oh, you know, nice. Yeah. And it's like the internet has become such a huge portion of everyone's life. And it's funny to me to think like 30 years ago, how terrifying it was. Like, what's it going to be in 30 years from now? You know, well, thinking about if you have kids that are like eight years old and they want to have a Snapchat, that is fucking terrifying. That is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Fun fact. Let me tell you the story. I'm walking out of my apartment. There's these kids out here. These kids are loud. They don't care what they scream. They'll scream help. They'll scream stranger danger. They, they say a lot of weird shit. But I walk out, this little boy's talking to a girl and she's like, he's like, I have a Snapchat. And she's like, what? You're eight years old. You have a Snapchat. He's like, yeah, I have a lot of things. I was like, this kid, this kid's macking to this this other girl. They're both like eight years old. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I got, I have a Snapchat. You know. <laughs> like pretty important, you know. <laughs> yeah, I can check my own messages. <laughs> my mom doesn't know my password either. <laughs> Think about how dumb I'm gonna say me, and I'm gonna assume you Probably. were at like 15. Oh yeah, I had a pager. Oh my god, like do have a cell phone. I am so happy that I did not go to college and high school in the era of like quick video sending because nope. I'd have been in trouble. Yes. <laughs> I remember when I f- the president's wife or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I first got my first pager and my mom flipped out. Like only <laughs> drug dealers have pagers. Only drug dealers. And then she realized that was the way to get a hold of me when I was gone. So when I broke my pager and lost it, she bought me a new one. Like you need to have a pager. The slippery slope had begun. Yeah, it's, that's the way to, you know, like, all I, all you could do is beep somebody with numbers back then. Like, what what was oh, the harm? In- that I just had a pager now. Like, you know those friends that, like, call or text too much, and you're like, I wish there was a way that I could make them not know that I probably did see this, but I, like, see that they're there. Sometimes I think, like, beeper's nice. Beeper's a nice way to, like, yeah. have just uh, a little distance. <laughs> I didn't get it. I didn't, I didn't get that, you know. <laughs> Beep. the beepers are awesome i remember i had one of the ones you could see through it you see all the you know see all the gadgets inside oh. it was clear case oh it was the shit <laughs> in the era of the original 90s mac when you could see inside the computer and they wanted to make everything everything clear. wanted to be yeah they're starting to do that with some video game stuff like controllers oh it's, really it's, yeah it's really neat you can see in there and it's like yeah this is cool this reminds me reminds me of the stuff when i was a kid that is cool i assume also that probably makes people want to make things if you figure out how something works yeah. And you're inclined to like go try to fix it yourself or figure out how it's happening, you know? Yeah, like the, who's the guy who works on a mouse? Like the mouse is a, you know, everybody has a mouse as a computer, but does anybody ever think that guy? No, that's a thankless job. No, thankless job. Mouse but the guy who makes a TV. And women, thank you. Yeah. The guy <laughs> who makes the iPhone gets all the praise. Lots of praise for that. Actually, that's just like a giant factory in China and we're ruining their economy and lives, but, you know, technically. <laughs> yeah, I've never had a, any Apple products. I, I don't know why. For no reason. I guess I've just been on Android and I've been on PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine's been an accidental thing. It's just the ease of having everything connect to itself. So like being able to plug my phone into my computer and all of these things and like my accessories, it's just easier to have them all on the same operating system. You just so sync all not, the data, huh? Yeah, it's not that I'm like, Pro Mac by any means. I, I literally almost before my when my last phone crapped out, I almost got a, a an Android 
And the only reason I didn't is because I was like, I've got a Mac computer and it's going to be like a whole situation getting everything like uploaded and backed up and transferred and I don't want to deal with it. And so it was sheer laziness that made me spend an extra like $300 for, I know, a lesser phone because I know that the non-Apple phones are technically better at a lot of things. I think Apple, though, products last longer. I'll be honest with you. I got. A, I have like a Galaxy S8 Plus and this thing was super, I mean, it's still a pretty good phone, but I've had a lot of other Samsung phones that were great for like six months and then you just oh, see the man. battery shitting out and you see, you see things not responding. This one has been the only one I've had for like a year and a half and this one seems like pretty close to what I've had from the day one. Like it doesn't feel like it's really shit out, but I feel like Apple for longevity lasts longer. That's good to know. Yeah. So if you didn't want a new phone every two years, you can go five years and it would still be pretty good. Then you'd start envying all the other cool screens around you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, mine still has a big bezel around it and, you know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, that's what turned me off iPhone in the beginning because it looked like oh, really? it was like a, the phone, the screen was way smaller than the phone. And it looked funny to me. That's fair. The old, I'm talking about like old iPhone four or five, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now everything's like. They've expanded it. Now Now iPhones are like, I, iPhones are all, have always been kick-ass. I know it, guys. I know whoever's listening who has an iPhone's like, <laughs> you're so fucking stupid, Sean. I get it. They're awesome. <laughs> I'm having this thing with phones right now. I have, uh, actually, aside from my fake tiny hands, I have real life tiny hands. Uh, and it, well, phones are getting really big really fast. And it's getting hard for me to get a phone that I enjoy using. Well, that's good, though. That means you get to get the smaller version that costs less. But they're making less of them. Like I got oh, an they? iPhone 10 and I, I upgraded a little bit earlier than I needed to because I knew they were going to stop making that and that the other phones that they had were bigger. I went into the store and held them and I was like, I feel like I'm holding an iPad and I am a clumsy motherfucker and I will break this large phone if I can't like grip it in my hand. And so I ended up like getting a phone a little too early being like, well, this might be the last chance for a while to get a phone that it's actually appropriately sized for my tiny hands. Phone makers, please be nice to us tiny-handed people. It's hard enough. It's hard enough buying gloves and things. Don't make phones a thing. <laughs> it's all the buzzwords, though. If you get a bigger phone, you can get more PPI, which is pixels per inch, and then those numbers are what sell, right? Yeah. The smaller ones have less PPI, and 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 you know a lot of people a lot of people don't have huge hands. Uh, I got the A plus, but it's really the same size phone, just slightly taller than the okay. S eight, really. Um, I had this, I had this phone for like a couple months and I dropped it face down in a parking lot, shattered it. I was like, no, oh. insurance is like $250. I'm like, what? what kind of insurance is this? It seems yeah, like that's bullshit. That, that is bullshit. <laughs> that is total bullshit. I had to pay $240, I think, and to get a new phone. But, um, it's just like, yeah, they make everything's glass. The back's glass on phones yeah. nowadays. I had a horrible habit. I was keeping my phone in my back pocket. I've, when I lived in New York, I bartended for a long time. And so I would keep my phone just so I had it on me. And it just became a normal habit. And I have dropped two phones into a toilet in my life at this point. <laughs> just from going to sit down, they fall just out? Just going to sit down. Yep. I, just, I wouldn't think about the phone being back there. I forget that it's there. And I, you know, have to undo to to do the business or whatever. And phone, and then you're just like, I don't want to like pull a phone out of a toilet even if it's still technically clean that's disgusting you'll always think about where the phone was right next to your face so i've had to get very good about like just keeping my phone out of my pockets of various formats or if i'm like hiking or something like 
don't have it like in my sports bra so that it doesn't like fall down the mountain and I am just like struck without a phone suddenly. Well, come on. Women get to carry purses. You get all, you get this big bag of, put your shit in. We have two pockets. I will give you that. I, I 100% give you that. Although, you know what? Fuck it. Carry a purse. Just do it. Who cares? At a certain point, it's going to have to happen. So yeah, I get my wallet in my back pocket. Front pocket, front right pocket is going to be my uh, phone. Front left pocket is going to be my keys. Every once in a while, you forget. You put your phone pocket in with your keys pocket. It's oh, too thick. Yeah. You scratch your phone up. Scratched. You know, you got to remember what pockets you have. Your chain. You can't put your change with your phone either because that will scratch. Yep. Yeah, I feel I do feel bad for guys, but this is why cargo shorts have ex- have existed so well for so long. So you guys have like a different little section for everything. You wear your purse on your legs. Yeah, yeah. I I still have cargo shorts, but I've never put anything in those side pockets. No. No, I don't think so. Oh, good for you. I should put tater tots in there to eat them out all day. I mean, yes. <laughs> I have snacks everywhere I go. I always have snacks. <laughs> tater like, tots. I would ha- if a tater tot would stay good for more than its thirty second window of glory. I would carry tater tots. They are delicious. They're Do you del- have an air fryer? I don't have an air fryer. Oh, I, actually, I know, I know. I tried to get like super healthy, and so I got rid of like all because I'm southern. But it's so, an air fryer. It's just an it's just an oven. I know. I need to do it. I need to do it. I got rid of like almost everything and tried to do not caveman, but I was like, if I can't make it on a stove or in an oven, I'm not going to make it. And so I got rid of like everything, like my rice cooker, my instant pot, like all of that. And now I'm like, that was stupid. And I'm just going to have to like rebuy some of this stuff out of convenience. I but, love the air fryer. I, I, I make everything I can in that thing. Just I'll, you, put, I'll put in English, English muffins. Come on. Perfect. Huh. English muffins. I, I made a, I make a French. I make French toast with hamburger buns, and then you really? put it in the air fryer to cook it that way because you can't really fry it a hamburger bun in there. So you cook it so it gets all the way cooked through, and then I make a, a breakfast sandwich out of that. That's amazing. Yeah. Whoa, that's it's like perfect. a that's like a game change of a breakfast item. Good for you. <laughs> I'm not trying to think of the somewhat creative things to make. But yeah, air fryer, everything, everything. All right. Just put chicken. Put a whole chicken breast in there. That's super smart. Yeah. Chicken wings are like if I were on death row, like I want chicken wings. I'm like, I'm I'm secretly like a middle-aged man from Buffalo that like really wants to watch a sports game. But like, I just want chicken wings and like blue cheese, like spicy buffalo wings. What kind though? So you want buffalo? You want uh, like, like, uh, like classic, like I'll do other seasonings occasionally. But like, if I'm going to go for it, I want like anchor bar, like buffalo wings with like a good blue cheese fuck that ranch nonsense no. i don't understand that <laughs> See, i don't understand the blue cheese thing like rotten it's cheese so, oh no but it's so tangy and good and it's a it's a consistency thing for me with with wings in particular i don't love it on a salad or something like that but for some reason when it's like spicy it it's it's a nice little juxtaposition oh yeah you know what i should try <laughs> that i should i mean i eat a lot of spicy shit yeah, it's nice for that. It's it's like the concept of milk. It's why you drink milk if you're if you've got something crazy spicy, you know. Have you had um do you ever you eat flaming hot chips? I did once and I accidentally I touched my eye and then I was like, <laughs> okay, we're done. <laughs> well, well Doritos makes a flaming hot chip now and it's so good. I imagine Ooh, really? Doritos I imagine Doritos flaming hot chips with blue cheese might be pretty good. Ooh. That's a fan. I wish I'd known about that on 420. That seemed like a great. <laughs> <laughs> I made some nachos with a uh, flaming hot Cheetos, flaming hot Doritos. I made with a uh, mozzarella on it and a uh, pizza sauce. It was, it was like Ooh, spicy nice. pizza nachos. Oh, like so it really sounds like a prison food. 
also because I watch too much lockup and I see people like putting things from the commissary into like pizza formats. Yeah, I've been to, I went to jail one time and I'll, I'll tell you what they do in there is they all get together and make these things called, uh, I think it's called dope cake or something where they just mash a bunch of shit together and they make this like cake and, and stuff, right? And they wrap it around the, the water heater to cook it. And th- I mean, trust me, they get really creative in there. Yes, but you have to. Yeah. You would have to. Like, if you if you get, what, like, ten items you can theoretically make something with, like, you're going to have to get weird with it. Yeah, I yeah, for sure. <laughs> You'll know there's some baller guys in there that have all the commissary shit. Like, they have a lot of food and all the ramen noodles and all that stuff. And so how they become the king. Everybody yeah. Everybody's coming to them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that was a long time ago, though. I never went to jail. It was a lie. It was a memory I lived. Yeah. It was a fake. It was from the Night King. It was a fake memory of someone else's past. <laughs> Trust me. Going to jail one time and learning your lesson. Learn, like, this is what happens to you when yeah. you fuck up. It, yeah. it just It's a reminder to, to never do that again. <laughs> there also should not be a stigma on people that have gone to jail, done time, and have come out and are good members of society. Like, that's the whole purpose of it, isn't it? Why? I don't know. I've never understood the stigma. I think it's also just, like, coming from the area that I'm from, like, lots of people have gone to jail one or two times. Yeah. And so it, you know, I don't, I don't understand when people get very upset about the like future of, of former convicts. I wish more people talked about it in a normal way. Well, but. sadly there's people who, who get so comfortable with that life that they come out and they don't care if they go sure. back because they're already comfortable with it. Like oh, I get three, I get warm food in here. I get a bed. Yeah. I, and I always think I wish the juvenile system was a better system because i feel like that's kind of how that starts happening a lot a lot of times when people are young and get put into the system and then that becomes normal and then you still get out and you're you know 18 or something 19 and you're trying to just be a normal member of society and you're getting this shame from people so why wouldn't you go back into the kind of old habits that got you in the first place and uh, mm-hmm. A longer conversation, I'm sure. Yeah, you just you meet other people who have similar disinterests as you, right? Similar crimes in mind, right? And then you just (laughs) you know that's that's what happens, really. I mean, it's shitty that sometimes you could. I did something when I was 18. I got in trouble. That follows me, like you know, it followed me for so many years that you know, looking for a job's hard. Yeah, of course. And it's it's just it's just it's dumb. It's it sucks. Even though I stayed out of the system forever. Yeah. It just does that. Well, if you can learn to memorize, you can become an actor because there's a shit ton of actors that have been in jail a whole bunch of times. And, you know, you get like actual experience. You can put it on the bottom of your resume, personal skills. <laughs> nice. Uh, Pamela, this has been awesome. Thanks for like, We've just been chilling here for an hour and a half just going. So Yeah. Thank, no, thank you for having me on. This was amazing. This yeah, is my, this this is my is virgin a... podcast. So <laughs> Podcasts are the way to, way to get out there. It's, it's the best way to, to get for people to get to know you rather than... Yeah you the actor they get to know you and then that's why they like your work yes that is fair <laughs> I admit st- everybody's gonna end this one and be like she's a real jerk <laughs> what I don't know why I just like have some weird midwestern like minnesota accent with that you but whatever play the bitchy would you say sister I play, friend yeah, yeah bitchy sister cousin friend yeah I'm pretty good at that that's my normal that or the, the fancy aunt <laughs> Chris, Kristen Wig though is the perfect when you say Kristen Wig, oh, I knew exactly sure, what you yeah. meant Kristen Ritter, you mean? Uh, Kristen, Kristen Wiig. Yeah, Kristen Wiig. Oh, that's my girl. I'll take that as well. Uh, Kristen, <laughs> Kristen Wiig is is my serious. That's my uh, that's my celebrity crush. That's a 
fantastic celebrity crush. Uh, I, lo- I love her. That's awesome. She's That's awesome. An I get a, yeah. I, I get a little. I can see her through her acting, which I like. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh wait, another question before we get out of here: Did you yeah. get to work with Melissa McCarthy or no? I did. Well, yeah, sort of. Uh, she was there and was sort of a. I'm just gonna say it. I hope I don't get in trouble. She was sort of like a, a second director of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was uh, on set. She and her my scene was with Elizabeth Banks. So the character that I was was named Topaz, uh, and she was a fellow stripper uh, with Elizabeth Banks. So my character was basically setting up that she worked at a really terrible club, um, and I my bit was that I had a uh, a puppet sewn to my boobs. Uh, and he was getting kicked out of the club, and he still has me attached to him, so I got kicked out of the club with him as well. Um, so my scene technically was with Elizabeth Banks, uh, but Melissa and her husband Ben were on set, and she, Melissa McCarthy, is one of the nicest people I've ever met. But aside imagine. from her, I will take a bullet for Ben Falcone, or however you pronounce his last name, her husband. Yeah. He was a magical, wonderful human, and I love him. He had these grapes that were like super sweet and only really come out, I guess for like two weeks or something. And he was basically walking around forcing people to taste the grapes so that they could have the like taste experience. And it was the funniest, sweetest thing ever. And he's yeah. Ben Pocconi, if you're listening, you're wonderful. And I loved you and your wife is great as well. <laughs> yeah, my, my, yeah, she's super funny. Melissa McCarthy is one of my mom's favorites. Like she goes, she'll go see anything she's in. Yeah. Yeah. She's sweet. I feel I don't understand why that movie got the hate that it did. And I don't say this as somebody who was in it. I say this as someone who has a truck driver father and a filthy sense of humor. Yeah. So it's a filthy sense of humor and puppets. It was, you know, it, it had some flaws. They actually cut about 30 minutes out of the movie. I saw a, a first cut of it uh, and they did a huge redo of the film for the one that actually came out. Um, and I think that some stuff maybe got lost in that. Uh, but I don't understand why everybody was so viscerally angry at it. Like some of the reviews were really brutal and I wanted to just kind of step back and go, I've seen a lot worse that got a lot better reviews. This is, this is a personal weird thing for some people, but visting jokes and puppets just makes people really uncomfortable. Oh yeah. That scene where that guy's just exploding all over his office, shooting his whipped cream oh, everywhere. Like yeah. that, that, that scene in the trailer. Oh, it had me rolling. Same. I did see the movie though. Yeah. It was, it was, it was out there. Yeah, it totally was. And it, it was one of those things. If you like those things, it's a fun movie. If you don't like those things, you're probably not going to like that movie. <laughs> so you did get to work with Elizabeth Banks? I did, yes. Fun fact about her, and I've heard her in an interview saying this, like, her husband that she's with is the only guy she's ever been with. Really? Her entire life. Whoa, that's a freaking unicorn thing. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I heard that. I was like, whoa, that's, that's, I think it was Mark Maron podcast, I think. Huh. I hope he's really good in bed. I hope she like at least was gifted with somebody who's like a wonderful. She's like, I'm done. This is all I need. Yeah, because she doesn't even know. How can she know if it's good or not? I yeah. hope he's good. they've been together yeah. since forever. Like that's awesome. Yeah, that's a really rare thing. That's amazing. Now watch my facts be totally wrong. I know. So like, actually, she was a part of a, a convent of women that married the same. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, this has been awesome. Let's get to the the wrap up show where we can do some. Yeah. Buzz. Let's get to the wrap up. Hey, yo, Freeman. Yo, what's up, Iams? Dude, what's left to do? I don't know, man. Wrap it up, son. Okay, plug time. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, I'm Pamela Mitchell. If you want to follow me, I'm most active on Instagram, where I am at the Sass Crotch. 
as in sassy and crotch. I was gonna ask about that. I, you know, I saw that name and I was like, does this say sass crotch or is this sass crotch? Sass crotch. If I were a drag queen, I would want my name to be the sass crotch. So that's where it came from. And I'm just sticking with it, despite the fact that it's probably keeping me out of some Disney bookings, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I'm on Twitter also. Uh, I think that's also sass crotch. Uh, and then I don't really get on Facebook anymore. and. So sorry, you'll just have to find me on Instagram, but I'll be uh, in episode seven of Fosse Verdon on FX playing Marsha Mason. So if you're into some Broadway history with Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams, tune into that. Oh, yeah. what kind of show is that? Uh, it is the story of Bob Fosse, the Broadway choreographer and his wife, Gwen Verdon. Sam Rockwell plays Bob Fosse and Michelle Williams plays Gwen Verdon. Uh, and it also uh, has a lot of, you know, Cheetah Rivera and, um, Liza Minnelli, and then I'm playing Marsha Mason, who was the goodbye girl, uh, and was married to Neil Simon for a quite long time. Um, yeah, but it's on FX now. They're they're on episode three this evening, actually. Oh, this is the first season. What is it called? Yeah, uh, it's called Fosse Verdon. Fosse? Uh huh. Like uh, F O S S E. I love Sam Rockwell. He's so nice. He's so nice. Oh yeah. Okay. Michelle Williams too. She's she's amazing at what she does. She's like this tiny, wonderful little Bambi, and I just wanted to like hug her. She's so sweet and nice and so talented. And she was like dance. She was like practicing choreography the whole day that I was on set with her. And I just wanted to be like, can I be your friend? But you know, you don't do that because I'm weird. <laughs> How is it when you like when you already like know somebody so well from their acting, and then you get to work with them? Do you get a little nervous? I get really nervous. I actually get, I in Law & Order, I was terrified to speak to Steven Toblowski. Oh yeah. I was I so afraid to talk to him uh, just because like I grew up watching him, you know? Uh, there's some aspect where you want to be like, hey, I'm cool, I'm like you. And then there's another part where I don't know you and I want to be respectful of you and your actual personality. I've gotten really lucky and everybody's been amazing. Um, for the most part to work with. I'll, I'll keep my not so nice ones to myself, but overall it's been like 95% wonderful. Like uh, I did an episode of Chance, um, which was Hugh Laurie, it was a uh, Amazon or a Hulu show, excuse me. Uh, and Hugh Laurie was the most respectful person ever. I also played a prostitute in that. I, I end up doing a lot of like, I mean, the heart of gold or like your dead flashback wife. That becomes a lot of my well, like- your name is the sass so maybe you're yeah. manifesting some of this. That's probably true, and I'm for it because you know what? These boobs aren't going to be here forever. So let's, you know, while they're nice, let's show them off. It's fine. <laughs> but like Hugh Laurie was so nice, and I didn't have a lot of clothing on, and he like came up and like gave me his jacket and was just like talking with me, just nicest dude ever. So it's it's weird because you want to give them some aspect of like why you like them or how they've affected you, but you can't really do that. So you just need to walk up at your phone and go, selfie! They go, what? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yes. oh, I'm so afraid of this. I have, I'm actually really bad at taking photos with other actors just because I never want to ask for a selfie. I feel so weird asking for it. But then also, how else am I gonna maybe remember it? It's, I don't think it's, I don't think it is weird to ask for it. I'm just personally a little socially awkward and don't want to have that I, moment. I get that. Yeah. It's a weird thing. But most of the time, most of the time, the people that have been very high profile have been very sweet. And I think they know that everyone's afraid to talk to them. So at least for people they're going to be interacting with a lot, 
most of the time they'll come up and introduce themselves first and, and kind of break the ice, which is very appreciated. If any of you are actually extremely famous people, just go break the ice to the less famous people that you're working with. It's just polite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's awesome. Thanks for all that info. Uh, <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitter at they call me Iams. That's my personal account. I skipped over something, so I'll go back. Rush, rush, You guys can find me on Twitter at, at awkward underscore podcast. Or uh, they call me Iams. That's my personal account. If you guys want to play some video games, sure, hit me up. I'm on all the platforms at as they call me Iams. That's my name. So find me. I am Iams. Uh, sh- shit. I lost track. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, find me on Instagram, Horribly Awkward Show. Facebook, Horribly Awkward Podcast. Not on a Snapchat as we just, I mean, maybe there's a profile, but I'm not on it, I promise. <laughs> I couldn't figure that shit out. I'm a dum-dum. Uh, drop me a voicemail if you'd like. 510-600-3475. And that is not my phone number, guys. It'll go straight to a voicemail that you can leave a voicemail. So don't expect me to answer. I know. I know. I begin a lot of... Uh, health insurance scam phone calls lately and i don't know where that how that how that happened but (laughs) (laughs) someone put me in the system drop me an email horribly awkward podcast at gmail.com yes we hit the end hallelujah as gidget would say peace out brussels sprouts hey it's the s to the m to the Issa Slamagans in the house to so drop your listen Poor with glee Backward cock flies Merrily sock Bird telecast Destiny doctor Downcast Callously squandered Lambert Heavenly slaughtered Broadcast It's the horribly awkward Podcast Okay, cool. <laughs> That's all that matters. Okay, ready to jump right into it? So yeah, it's it. very casual. Uh, I'll introduce you. I'll be loud and I'll be crazy like there's a crowd. There will be one later when I edit it in. But awesome. so it doesn't look like I'm, I'm just overly excited. Ah! Oh, yeah. That's a horribly awkward show. Your face is coming straight to your ears. A podcast network that's changing gears, bringing fresh funky pods with a fresh funky beat. A family of pods that are bringing the heat. There ain't no stopping us. Keep coming back to us, sick ass pods that'll make you hush. www. Hush your face. www. Hush your face. www. Hush your face.